Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your Saturday recap for this week's Players' Championship. Joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. Greg, good to have you back, my dude. It's great to be back. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, It's been a little while, so all that is good. But Rick, this is not your typical Saturday recap episode. We're only halfway through round two, so it's been a a very interesting start to to the Players' Championship. Yeah, the good news is that for Saturday, with even though they didn't start until noon Eastern, I believe is what they what time they ended up starting, there were no more delays outside of that. So a lot of golf was played for the first time since Thursday. Yes. Um, well, it, it was, I, I mean, I guess you'd probably hope to get a little more in, but pace of play was quite slow out there as you just you had brutal wind conditions i mean you're watching the wind trackers out there you have you have winds that are going from 28 miles an hour to 15 and so it, it's kind of constantly in that 15 mark with gusts nearing 30 and and all, that is so hard to figure out so hard to um to make a decision so hard to commit and that's why we saw a scoring average again this is just one wave the scoring average was 75.3 uh, which is it, which is just on a par 72 golf course. I mean, it's just brutal. All right. So I want to dive into the logistics of this round. Also what Justin Thomas did, but before I forget tonight, let me remind you that the first cut bracket challenge is live. So you can go to cbsportscom slash first cut bracket. Greg will be there. I'll be there. Coach see a KP. Maybe we can even get Mark involved and you guys can whoop our butts in a bracket challenge to win a $100 gift card to Paramount. Plus uh, you can also create groups for your friends and have at it with them. So all good fun and games. It was not all good fun and games around TPC Sawgrass, Greg. Uh, it, it was, as you mentioned, difficult. And we came basically on air right into the gauntlet that was 17. The, the world's best stepped on the 17th tee, and it was water ball after water ball after water ball. I mean, it was not only a physical test with the wind, but you could see how uncomfortable these guys were standing over the ball trying to figure out if they had actually pulled the right club or not. Yeah, and again, the 17 is a perfect example. It's it, it it's uh, I mean it was 136 yards. And it seemed like every other shot went in the water. I mean this is one wave the last count I saw was 27 balls in the water. 27 in in one wave. That's crazy. And so it it was it was just so hard. It whether the way the wind was going, if you started it online, having the distance to get there was one thing. But if you just turned it a little bit to the left or a little bit to the right, you saw a lot more of the of the right than the left today. But it was gone. It would just get it would just get the the wind would just take it. You lost all control. 
And so not only were they going in the water all over the place, they, they were kind of embarrassing looking shots. Now we understand the difficulty of them. So they they really shouldn't be embarrassing, but they're, I mean, so they're not even close. So I can't remember seeing that whole play this difficult in my entire life. Well, Justin Thomas made it look a little bit easy. So he hit, I believe, what was a six iron right yep. out of the gate this morning. A six iron. That holds, what, 139 yards? What, in stock conditions, how far does Justin Thomas hit a six iron? Probably two t- 200 or 210. I was going to say two. Yeah, I was going to say like 210. Right. That that's, that's what he was dealing with. And listen, this round by Justin Thomas, they use the word masterclass on the broadcast. It was a three under bogey free round, which uh, the creativity, Greg, I saw him choke up, choke down. I saw him hit every single shot, every single trajectory, all the windows. This, this was it, man. This was like very good ceiling, creative JT. Um, very, very cool to see. And I find this to be interesting. The guys that did well today, like like Justin Thomas and the other guy that stands out to me, who had pro, who had a, an underrated round, in my opinion, was Bubba Watson, who also played bogey-free. He shot four under. He shot 68 today. And they, these two guys are shot makers. So there are, if you talk to a, a Jim Hardy, who's a, a the, the great Jim Hardy, a great coach, he says there are two types of players. There are ball strikers and there are shot makers. And both JT and Bubba Watson are shot makers because they got to see curve. They got to play different shots. They they need to work the ball because of the some of the idiosyncrasies in their swing. And then, you know, Colin Morikawa would be a ball striker, a straighter, a much straighter single shot shape kind of hitter. But JT works it all over the place, just like Bubba. And it allowed him to handle the winds. It allowed him to play it low and fight winds. It allowed him to um, to to curve it into the wind to soften a shot or ride a wind to get a little more distance, get out of trouble when they hit it offline off the tee, which JT did a number of times today. So it was like you said, Rick. It was it was all around masterclass. I think that's I think that's the perfect word to describe it. And the other thing that I really liked about JT's round was the was what he did on the greens. And especially the the par putts. I know I know statistically, well, I guess it was a good it was a good round statistically. Fifth in fifth in the wave in strokes game putting. That, that's really good. Um, and and every time he missed a green, he was able to get it up and down. So I I was so impressed with him uh, in in every area of the game. Yeah, and the the one thing that I noticed, and because he was covered so so well on the main on the main feed, is. He did not hit a shot, Greg, unless he was committed to it. And I saw him back off a number of shots. If the wind wasn't in the direction or the speed that he and Bones had kind of, uh, you know, accounted for. And with a, a veteran caddy on your bag like that, a day like this feels like where a lot of that value comes from. Yeah. And the caddy's huge. The patience is probably the bigger thing here because so much of it is uh, it ends up being luck. What, I mean, how do you time a uh, how, how do yeah. you time a gust? And maybe that's a skill that I just didn't even know existed <laughs> that 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 uh, a caddy can have. But it was you're right. The the patience and the commitment was key. And I think you saw it get away from him a, a couple times. Right, he had seven fairways. He, he got away from him off the tee a few times, but he never let it he never let it rattle him. And he was he never hit it into a penalty area, which is which is the key. So he avoided big numbers. 
took advantage when he had to, um, and made a lot of those, a, a lot of those, um, those par putts that we've seen JT miss in the past. So massively impressive round, just being on the wrong side of the draw. I wonder where he's going to sit at the end of the day tomorrow. Yeah. He basically gained about six and a half strokes on his wave in round two. That will get worse as more round two scores come in on Sunday, but does not take away from the statistical outlier that Justin Thomas and Bubba Watson were on this day. They're both in a tie for 15th. And let's just reset here, Greg, because what we've got is uh, a situation where uh, some guys have completed two rounds and we've got that Thursday morning wave just getting started on their second round. And we've got some guys who still haven't teed off yet. Our, our first round leader, shout out Sia Najad, who included Tom Hoagie as one of the first round leader options this week, still has not hit a shot in the second round yet. So we're, we're trying to get this thing back on track, but we are, you know, we're, we're misaligned. Yeah. And, and so it makes it really hard to look at the board and look at the odds and understand what the value of JT's round was today, what the value of Bubba Watson's round was today. Um, it, it, it's hard to understand that because we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. We, we know it's going to be really cold in the morning. Uh, we know that it's going to be windy again, but it's not going to be nearly as blustery. And what does that mean for scoring? It's, it's yet to be seen, but you're talking about 37, 37 degrees with, with a blowing 15 miles an hour. That's not going to be an easy day. I, I don't expect it to be as hard as it was today, but um, especially for that early portion, it might not be far off, Rick. Uh, no, it, it it might not be. And, you know, Kevin Kisner in his post-round presser, he was certainly not holding back on the luck aspect that we had this week. He said, quote, it's brutal, man. It's pure luck and somewhat loss of integrity of the tournament, in my opinion. But it is what it is. We've got 36 more holes to figure out who's playing the best, end quote. So it's definitely not fair. Uh, I don't know if golf has to be fair, Greg, but there is going to be a massive wave disadvantage for half the field. Yeah, but this is um, it's an outdoor game and it's it's just unpredictable. And there are, are hardships that the that the Tommy Fleetwoods and the Tom Hoagies and the Joaquin Neiman, all, all these guys that that haven't even started, if at all, started their round two yet. They they played on Thursday morning. And now they got they're, they're waiting until Sunday morning to start. It's crazy. So there's there's a disadvantage there as well. Um, and and I again I do think that it's going to be it's going to be tough. Um, but I'm interested to see how the waves how the numbers actually shake out in the waves. But the big thing, the big advantage that they got these guys that are going to start tomorrow was they got that Thursday morning that was so scorable. It was so gettable. It was it played really easy. Yeah, we've been spending a lot of time looking at the odds board over the course of the last couple of nights, and we're going to do it again here. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. And we're back. Okay, so Greg, uh, last <laughs> night when Kyle and I walked through this odds board, I believe it was Scotty Scheffler, Daniel Berger, John Rahm, all in that kind of 10 to 1, 11 to 1, maybe 12 to 1 range. John Rahm did not hit a single shot on Sunday. And he is, his odds have gotten 
shorter. He is now seven to one and the favorite to win the players championship. According to our friends over at Caesar Sportsbook. he sat on that 69 all the way from Thursday. And then Justin Thomas with that big move, he moved himself to 11 to one along with Cam Smith. So it, it is, it is really going to be interesting to see what Rom is able to do in his second round. And if it is difficult and cold and it's not as big of an advantage maybe there's an opportunity to get jt at a little bit of a longer number if 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 rom starts out hot something like that as we see this round two get underway tomorrow the the word for me looking at the board is it's so easy to want to go jt because you because of what you just witnessed you saw a phenomenal round and it's fresh and i feel like i haven't seen john rom play at all this week so I, you know, you don't know. Of course, we saw his round on Thursday morning. It just was so far away, and there's so he's got three rounds to play. He's got three full rounds to play. So it's hard to know where he really stands. Uh, that Tom Hoagie, the, and and Joaquin Neiman, and all these all these players. I mean, it's so wide open still. When when I look at this, especially for that morning wave. I mean, these some of these guys could end up missing the cut, and and they're sitting at four under or something right now. So. It's it because the golf course is going to be totally, totally different than what they saw in the first round. So I don't know how I don't know if that really gives you an idea of what they're made of. We know that JT can handle these kind of conditions because he proved it today. But can um, can Tom Hoagie handle those conditions or did he go shoot 66 because it was, you know, it was soft and there was no wind and, and he's a great iron player and he was able to attack hole locations that he won't be able to attack tomorrow. Does it have had? Does it have that effect? Um, you know, he's been playing great golf this year, so I, I'm interested to see. Um, I, I think this board is really hard to predict right now. Really hard to lay out right now. But um, JT, I'm cautious of recency bias, but I think he's definitely somebody to keep your eye on. A great ball striker like a Will Zalatoris is somebody to keep your eye on. I, th- I thought Dustin Johnson's round today was really impressive, um, yeah. even though he, he shot 73 today. I think he's still in the mix. So, the, um, I, I mean, you can go way down. What, what about a Corey Connors? Corey yeah, Connors, I don't mind Corey yeah, Connors. Yeah, that you was know? the one that I saw. He's two under. He's 40 to one. Uh, even yeah. Okay, what about Patrick Cantlay? He's obviously, he might be, what is he? One, is he one over? Did he get to? Uh, it feels like it's been a year since I've seen him play. I thought he shot even. Um, even he might have been one over. He's at even, even par. Yeah, he's yeah. fifty to one. If he goes out and shoots a couple under par in his second, I mean, there, he still has three rounds to play. He's three rounds right. to play. Six six shots off the lead. Fifty to one. Yeah. Patrick Hill. And and if you know that first round was not a great round, shooting even par in those conditions was a disappointment for sure. But um, you're sitting right now at at your six shots back. I mean, you could be you could be within. You you could be within uh, within four shots shooting even par again tomorrow. For all we know, um, that that lead could come down instead of instead of extending. I think it's going to be hard to shoot under par rounds tomorrow, um, especially you know something in the mid sixties. I I think that's going to be really hard to come by. So um, I'm I'm excited to see. I like I like that can't lay play. I think it could be it could work nicely, and maybe the the delay provides him the reset that he needed. 
couple of notable names, Greg, that will not be around for the weekend, unless this thing gets really, really crazy. But uh, Brooks Kepka, an 81, nine over. He will not be around. Xander Shoffley, 78. He's seven over for the tournament. Jordan Spieth, same number, seven over. Uh, Colin Morikawa has like a half a percent chance of making the cut if this thing really goes sideways on, on Sunday yeah. for this other wave. He's at four over. That is... Um, it's not going to do it. And Greg, that's going to wipe the one and done for, yeah. uh, for, for, for the boys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, he was so, he, I just, I mean, what are you going to say? Like, what, what are you going to, I, it's yeah. just so tough. And this is what this event does. It always, it, there are always great players who miss the cut at the players championship. It is so unpredictable. Um, and I think it's the hardest event to handicap of the entire year, even more so than the open championship. And then this week with the conditions that we have, it's even harder than that. It, it, it adds an, an extra element. So yeah, the one and done is getting wiped. But when you saw the weather forecast, you kind of had a feeling it was going to be tricky picking. Yeah, that's the the wrong side of the draw is what Colin Morikawa got. He tried to hang in there, but not even the world's best ball striker could flight some of these through uh, the winds that we saw out there at TPC Sawgrass, especially on Saturday. All right, Greg, yeah. any final thoughts uh, before we get out of here? We're going to go from the first ray of sunlight till last ray of sunlight on Sunday. Yeah, it's going to be a great day of golf. Uh, hopefully we can get the third round you think there's any chance probably not the third round completely done but you know maybe a, a no. healthy portion of it so we tried to do the math on this yesterday so if they start at like 6 30 a.m and they get till you know what time is it now so six like 6 30 so you get like 11 hours right is that am i am well, we I, have daylight savings right yeah you're Does still gonna get 11 you're still gonna get yeah 11 i guess hours. Still the total same total time i just don't know can you start that early is that when they're planning on starting Okay, so I don't know what time it's actually going to be, but it'll be you'll basically get 10 or 11 hours of daylight, right. um, which will give you. So you need to have Thursday morning finish round two, which is going to take some of these guys haven't teed off yet. That's five hours. Right. Yep. And you can yep. have a little bit of an overlap to get them back out there like we saw today to have them play the first wave of round three. But that's going to take four or five hours. So, no, you're we, we will not be. Close, they'll still be a half at best a half a wave off half yeah half a wave that's what it no, feels like a whole wave off a half a half the field off uh whole wave um off. right but it's not really uh you know you do have the cut so you do have the cut yeah now so you probably what do you figure you got nine holes you, you got most of the field has nine holes to go or something or so something like that yeah yeah kind of a half a right a wave in a way um, so we'll see. I, I think you'll, you'll end up playing what 27 holes for the most part, 30 holes on, on Monday or something like that. So yeah. it's going to be interesting to see, but I wanted to ask you, what do you think that cut number is going to end up at? What's your prediction on that? Most likely two over. I think if it, if it is ugly tomorrow, I think the three overs are live, but I think the most likely scenario is, uh, two over par, which right now is like, uh, Lucas, well, I guess he's not done. I'm trying to find guys that are done at two over, uh, that might end up being safe. like Scotty Scheffler, Scotty Scheffler, Rory McElroy. I, I think I like their chances, but we need a, a not low scoring morning on Sunday. Cause it, it, if it's, if it's easier than we think the plus twos could get wiped, if it's kind of harder than we think the 
plus threes are in. But I think plus two is the most likely scenario. I I think you're right. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with you at plus two. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, all right. Well, we'll be back after. I guess when they blow the horn on Sunday night to break that day down, and then we'll be back at it again on Monday. So for now, let me thank producer Jacob does all the hard work behind the scenes. Greg Ducharme, you can find on Twitter at the Real GFD, and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time. 